It's great to be with you for Season 2, Episode 6 of the Shoulda Backed It podcast. It was All-Star Mile Day at Caulfield, with the two Western Australian Raiders filling the Quinella. To talk through all the action is Herald Sun racing expert Chris Venuccio. Big V, where are you, mate? I couldn't even get you into the studio today. What's going on? Hello, Phil. Yes, that's right. I'm not in there today, and the Sunday was the day after the Bucks party, so feeling a little bit dusty afterwards, so... Feeling a lot better now and now ready to talk about the action on the weekend. Well, I'm glad you're okay, mate. You were reported missing during the night, so I'm glad that you're back out here and uh, you can talk through some of the races and you've recovered. Did you have a good day, mate? Oh, it was a big day. We got the quaddy. That's uh, that's just how a buck day should be. You, know, you get a group quaddy. You know, it just, just adds to the day. And I managed to find my way home that night, which is, <laughs> you know, which is always helpful and... Yeah, it was a, a big day, and we managed to find a few winners, and you know, that was great. Well, mate, the quaddy saved me. It was the, the ultimate get-out. But uh, I can tell you what, when you get 13 blokes jumping around after getting a quaddy, it certainly uh, creates some atmosphere at the pub, even if you couldn't be on course as a race lover. Yeah, it was, and it was good to get a couple of few decent-sized winners as well. So, you know, that helped with the pool, and, yeah, it was just... Um, yeah, as I said before, it's just uh, always great. The more people that are there to, to enjoy it with, I, it's it's better. I tell you what, mate, you almost enjoyed the quaddy as much as you enjoyed Positive Peace winning the last at Rose Hill. I've, I've seen you a few times before the races get on a horse and all you could talk about for a couple hours before that race was that horse getting the job done. So you must have been pretty happy to see it salute pretty comfortably in the end. There's a lot of relief because when you talk a big when you talk a big game, it can you can look foolish afterwards. So I find when I start tipping horses to people I don't usually tip to, that's when they get rolled and you look really silly. So I was glad it got up, and we'll talk about that later on. Oh look, we've all been there, mate. But you're very very happy to see that get up. We might start with our shoulda backed it for the weekend. For me, there's going to be a few should have backed it and should have sacked it, but I'm going to have to sort of try to identify the key ones. What about yourself, mate? What was the one that you're looking back on? Well, I'll go into the main race, the All-Star Mile at Caulfield, and Regal Power, third up, it was peaking, and I think that's why it's won this race. I mean, usually it's, it's not so difficult dropping back from 2000 to 16, but I'm not a, I tend to stay clear of horses that are dropping in distance but 2016 is possible and yeah i just think it was just the one of the fitter horses on in the race particularly with that fast speed set by flit really had a lot of horses out of their comfort zone now particularly you look at melody bell then was melody bell based on that maybe a run short you know her first up run the figures she had in her first up run suggested that she really did need to make a really big leap to get to that spring form that she hit and maybe she might be ready now at third up so but going back to regal power the the criticism towards the jockey last week in the australian cup was just ridiculous i mean i reckon if willie pike had taken off later in the australian cup 50 stars would have won by a lot more 50 stars was the fitter horse and in this instance all-star mile regal power i think at the fitness edge. 
It's funny you raised the fitness edge, Big V, because I know last week you were big on the fact you didn't think it quite had that fitness edge against 50 stars, but this week clearly did, coming off that hot speed, and really uh, looked like Alligator Blood and it were cruising at one point, but only one horse really could kick at the uh, when when required to. Well, I think when I think when you said Alligator Blood was cruising, I know he was a fair way behind Flit, but they were going really fast, so maybe Alligator Blood might have been out of his comfort zone a little bit, particularly being towards the end of his prep. Yeah, and I think back on your point on uh, Regal Power and the, the ride of Willie Pike, sometimes with these things we go to the extreme. I don't think last week's ride was that bad. And equally, I don't think this week's ride was that good. I think sometimes circumstances, shape of the race, and even where you draw can make a really big difference to how a jockey's ride is perceived. And we saw that even with Melody Bell, which, which struggled uh, to find a run between about the 500 and the 150. It was even noted in the stewards report. So, yeah, I think sometimes we go to the extreme view when really there's just set of circumstances, split-second decisions, and sometimes it pays off and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, that's a very good point you make there. So, anyway, um, you should have backed it. You said you got plenty. I'll <laughs> to see which one you've settled on. Oh, there's plenty of should have backed it and equally plenty of should have sacked it, but... Actually, had my should have backed it out of the English dash, English dash, sorry, which was race six, uh, with excess funds getting the job done. Um, there was a big push on the horse and a big push earlier in the week, and it, I think it did really represent value. I think you could have got nine or ten dollars about it earlier in the week. Started at about six. I personally stuck with Way Up in the Sky, who put in a pretty good, pretty good run, and certainly one I'll be watching with interest in its next few starts. But, yeah, just disappointed in the end that I didn't get on that, even though it was part of our quaddy, fortunately. That was not a great way to start the, the quaddy legs for me from a, a personal punting perspective. But, yeah, I could see could see why the interest was there because it really did finish off well. And I wouldn't be jumping off way up in the sky. I think it did lose a little bit of galloping room. I was looking for that galloping room in the straight and couldn't get it behind Satorial Splendour and the other leader, and this will lead to my should have sacked it for the weekend coming out of the same race, which was Satorial Splendour. And I had this as the top pick because it was getting spruiked. Uh, I think it was in the Rubiton start before when it finished last, went really hard. And this is a big dropping grade from the Rubiton, which was won by Anaheed. So I thought I'd give it another chance. But I think you've got to be wary sometimes of horses coming off a setback and really trusting them again. I think you've got to see them perform first before you get involved. And he was short in the market, $4, second pick. Probably a bit risky with horses coming off setbacks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I thought there was a couple. There was a, a tough race, really, in the end, that one, to sort of draw out the form lines and work out who was going to win. So there was plenty that you could pick. So it's interesting that you've chosen that one as you should have sacked it. I think it's probably one that I wouldn't get off completely. But, yeah, I understand that perhaps it shouldn't have been one for the weekend. As for my should have sacked it, I mean, as I said, I've got a few to choose out. I'm actually going to do two this week because I can think I think I can talk about them both uh, in similar veins. So that was my two best bets of the day with our, on our Twitter handle. That should have backed it, which were Secret Blaze and Admiral's Joker, which were races five and races eight. Uh, look, the reason I can talk about both of them is that, though, for me, they were both unders in the end. I think you're getting worse than even money for both of them uh, right at the jump. 
And the slow races really killed them both, to be honest. As soon as they jumped, they're incredibly slow, slowly run races, and neither of them were really given a chance after that. So I was a bit disappointed. I got a bit bit excited about a couple of odds-on pops, and, uh, yeah, they both uh, couldn't quite get the job done. Again, a bit like our other should have backed it and should have sacked it. It's probably not going to jump off in the long term, especially with Secret Blaze, but, yeah, a bit disappointed about those two. I think the market was really gravitating to that 50 stars form because that was a really high-rating race and 50 stars is backed up and won the Australian Cup. But I think that was his second or third run of the campaign anyway, whereas those two horses were first up, may have been a little bit flat second up maybe. So, But it was hard to not like them based off that form. You just, you can't, it's hard to guess or make a prediction of when horses are going to run flat next start because, you know, they might get a soft tempo, which alleviates that. But as for Secret Blaze, ran I think around the fastest 400 to 200 metre split of the meeting. So I wouldn't be jumping off it. And hopefully maybe next start, you might get a, a bit a bit better price. Yeah, look, I think the race shape killed them both, to be honest. But I guess why them I should have sacked it for the week is that I, I think they both started massive unders. I had Secret Blaze marked about 270, 280. And Admiral's Joker more about two twenty, two thirty, and I think you're probably getting a dollar ninety and a dollar eighty respectively by the time they jump. So probably didn't represent much value at that point and should have just stayed out. But I guess when you're on a high mate and you've got quaddies rolling in and positive piece to come, you you get a bit excited sometimes. Yeah, and um, we might as well talk about positive piece, which was the last race at Rose Hill to get out, and I we managed to get five dollars fifty, and I'm just trying to ask why we got such a good price it opened four dollars start of the day and i just thought it was the the best horse in the race it had the best ratings it's one on the soft it's it drew wide which was an advantage to be with all the rain that was falling in sydney and the track getting wetter and wetter and he had james mcdonald on board and how much how many wins did he finish on the day five that was his fifth for the day yeah that's i reckon that's the most you've left the, the biggest uh question mark to last there because i think i can't believe that after he's ridden four winners on the day and he clearly found the fast lane i think he put them all four of those winners in the same spot how positive peace drifted out to 550 in the end was a, a very uh questionable but you know what it worked out well for me i got on him at a bit later and got about five dollars myself but yeah j mac five five winners on the day you know when you see his name next to a horse you're always a little bit more comfortable i think but i saw him get a few winners during the day that was increasing my confidence because he was just finding that right spot on the track to be in and i just thought you know he knows where to be he's that's where he's going to get positive peace she makes her own luck because she's a front runner She'll get to that, you know, that best part of the ground first. And I'm just trying to think whether it was her, maybe her heavy track record because she's got form on the soft, but her heavy track read four starts for no placings. But that was earlier in her career. She's in a different level of form, this prep. And was it because she's a a mare against the boys? Um, I mean, class is class and she was jumping up in grade from a benchmark point of view but she was coming out of a a stronger rating race than what these were coming in like Royal Celebration Accession were here and were coming out of the same race but that rated a lot lower so I was surprised on this occasion that Royal Celebration had the money come on it when I thought 
that horse was going to have the, the support the previous start when we were on it. But thankfully, the money wasn't quite spot on here. Yeah, and Royal Celebration. It's money. It, yeah, that's right. Um, that's the important thing too, Big V. But I, I guess Royal Celebration, it's becoming an almost horse, isn't it? It sort of gets itself into the right positions and probably had a few excuses on the weekend. I, I think you mentioned to me after the, the meeting that you can just about forget Rose Hill happened from a punting perspective this yeah. week. It was a one um, very challenging conditions. I think it started raining at about race two and didn't stop for the entire day. My run of the day from Rose Hill, though, was uh, definitely Master of Wine. I know we were making the transition between pubs at the time, but it was a very impressive win. And interestingly, the jockey got off and said that the horse didn't quite handle it. So um, are we we calling that the best stayer in the country yet, Big V, or is there a little bit to come? No, I think he's very good, and he'll be backing up next week. He's going to take on uh, an English raider, Adieb. And he's got form around Magic Wand, beating by two and a half lengths last June. So Magic Wand beating Melody Bell in the McKinnon last year. So it's going to be a good matchup. And I think um, with Master of Wand getting back into two dollars twenty favourite, because he's coming up with some good op- against some good opposition, we might get a good price on him next week. So it'll be between the two horses. It might be a case where you, it might be a, a two bet play, but. Really exciting and looking forward to seeing him again next week. Well, speaking of, that's a nice segue into our Horses to Follow segment. I think Master of Wine's one I'll be following deep into its prep. That's a, a very serious horse. And even if it does have a few come and take it on, I'm, I'm happy to, to stay with it, to be honest, after seeing it run and it, seeing it some of its previous form. Could just about be the best horse going around at the moment. Uh, other horses to follow from the meeting. I, I wanted to bring up Scarlet Dream, which... Uh, actually ran second in the third leg of the quaddy. I remember that distinctly because it came up and almost knocked off Gizo, which would have been quite detrimental for us. But it was ridden by Michael Poy, who did have to answer to the stewards after that race around his uh, race tactics. And it stuck down the inside, did get a run, but just missed. And I think may have even scored the quickest 200 of the day, actually, even though you know it was a 1,600 metre race. But didn't quite get the job done. But I certainly think moving forward, uh, one to follow um, out of the meeting, along with obviously Master of Wine up in Sydney. Yeah, there are a couple of good ones. And I think for me, the obvious is Secret Blaze. But I want to get a decent price. I don't want to back it if it's paying $2 again. We'll see. We'll keep track of that. I think Melody Bell, third up, might be ready to go. Could line up against Funstar and Probabil. So I might be interested in taking those two on with Melody Bell because we know how good she is. And I think Superstorm, from, also from the All-Star Mole, I'm just wondering if she has another run this campaign. Maybe she goes to the paddock, but I'll just keep an eye, on, out, an eye out for her as well. And I think your horse as well feel way up in the sky. I think in a similar race, can win. Well, you took the words out of my mouth with Superstorm as well. I think... Ultimately, if you change the runs of Regal Power and Superstorm, you probably get the opposite result. I think just got caught a bit wide and had to make a big run, and which it did, but just couldn't quite get the job done. So definitely, uh, I think we're in agreement there around the horses to follow moving forward. Speaking of which, uh, we had our run from the Bush Horse last week, 
Answer Me Hussey. I noticed that it's nominated for two races at Packenham this week. Obviously, won't be in both, but both the 1,200 and the 1,400. So um, one to take a look at if you are going to head down to Packenham or you're watching. Actually, you mightn't be able to head down anymore. In terms of any other other talking points from the day, mate, what were your highlights? No, I think we pretty much have got it covered. I mean, the highlight, obviously, was the, the All-Star Mile. It was a great race. It was interesting that I was looking at the, the betting and it, I'm keen to see how much money was invested in the race because there didn't look to be not a lot to discuss from a betting point of view because there wasn't a lot of changes to the market. So it wasn't like Melody Bell was the one that was getting crunched in. I mean, she was getting talked about early in the morning as, you know, this might be the one they all gravitate to and, black, and alligator blood blows out. But they both held their prices and nothing really moved or eased significantly and alligator bloods ended up starting 280 whereas i thought maybe it might have been a chance of um getting out to you know 350 if the punters want to take him on and but we didn't see any of that so i thought that was just noting that there's not not too many price changes out of the the all-star mile well the punters definitely had it a race in two i think the uh third in the market might have even been Regal Power at about $11 and you had fierce impact in the market as well. I ended up staying away from Alligator Blood, which I I thought might have ended up being my should have backed it for the week, but uh, thankfully wasn't. I ended up going with fierce impact uh, just at the price. I thought an each way bet there was useful and then Melody Bell. I know you have some thoughts around Alligator Blood. I mean, we obviously had the coronavirus and the the late decision by the uh, racing club there to not allow patrons onto the the course, which I I think was the right decision. I'm sure they'll be proven in time that that was the right decision. But I, I remember there was a bit of a storm just... Are in relation to Alligator Blood's ownership who wanted to be on course. Do you, what were your thoughts in relation to that? Yeah, I don't think the owner of Alligator Blood won himself any fans after he, yeah, he did threaten to, to scratch the horse because they weren't able to attend the track. And I know all owners want to watch their horses live, but you know, we're, we've got an extreme situation here with the coronavirus and you can still enjoy watching your horse in front of a TV screen with all your friends and your family and that's what they ended up doing. I think they were at the one of the function rooms on course, but they couldn't access the course. And I mean, the alligator has built a cult following, you know, just like Winks and Black Caviar. So he's there for all racing fans to enjoy. And I just thought it was really disappointing as well that the MRC did respond by offering alligator blood, you know, the use of the function room for their 80 family and friends. I think the MRC should have just said to said to them, "Look, we reluctantly accept your scratching." I just think that maybe the most sensible way to have done it was that the owners should have approached the MRC in private to seek out what alternatives there were, rather than make demands on social media. And I just think the connections of the other fourteen horses could rightly feel aggrieved about that. So, do you think the actual ownership would have scratched or do you think it was a bluff well i think the mrc probably should have if it was a bluff the mrc should have called it and just said look we've got other owners as well i mean i know alligator blood's got the cult following because of his name and his record but he was one of 10 group one winners in that race and as it so happens he's performed quite poorly on the day 
he's not a black caviar and a winx where he's you know he's a superstar he might be building towards that but i still think he's got to prove it because he has won magic a magic millions which is a restricted race and he's won a lot of, a few races in queensland against weaker opposition so i just think the the mrc should have called the bluff particularly when there's no crowd attending you're not losing you know crowd attendance that wasn't at risk they should have just said look if you want to scratch that's your prerogative yeah, it was an interesting one because I think some of the arguments, and you were probably following it a bit closer than I was, Big V, was that this was a horse of the people. But, I mean, scratching the horse wasn't going to let the people see that horse, so it wasn't really a strong argument, was it, in that regard? It was an interesting one and probably added to the complications for the club huh, after needing to uh, sort of cancel the attendance at the last minute there. Yeah, it's just a shame that we that was just the, the back story to that. But, you know... Hopefully it, does, it didn't attract detract from a from a, an outstanding race, an outstanding day as well. Yeah, I think you're right too. It'll be interesting to see how not having the people having the people on course, what impact that had on on returns over the week as well. But I guess as you say, you can enjoy racing from the comfort of your house or the pub quite easily without needing to be at the track. So uh, hopefully it didn't have too big a detrimental impact. That just wraps us up for the. Sixth episode of season two of the Should Have Backed It podcast. A little bit shorter this week, just to accommodate the fact that uh, Big V still nursing a uh, Bucks night hangover. But I'm sure we'll have you back up and firing again next week, Big V. Uh, in the meantime, if you wanted to sledge him or you know send him any messages of goodwill, please feel free to interact with the podcast at the at Should Have Backed It Twitter handle. And likewise, you're welcome to contact the show at the shouldabacted at gmail.com email address. We have had a few questions roll through over the last couple of weeks, so we'll be looking to address those in our episode next week. So I'm looking forward to doing that with you, Big V. Yeah, sounds good. And, yeah, hopefully I'll be back there next week. And let's hope there's racing. You know, let's, let's hope the coronavirus doesn't stop racing for a few weeks. You know, this could be our last show for the, for the season. But let's hope it doesn't come to that yeah it's certainly a day-by-day prospect at this stage but yeah you never know what's going to happen uh, in, in the current environment and uh to everyone else stay safe take care and we'll uh, speak to you hopefully next week assuming the racing continues on the should have backed it podcast so as always good luck on the punt <laughs>